0: Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Thanks for listening again. Today, I'm talking to somebody younger. Sometimes I talk to someone that's older. Sometimes I talk to someone my own age, and uh, I try and talk to somebody of another generation because truth is going to be true in every generation, regardless of what the truth is. So there is a God and I'm not him. That's true for Adam all the way till today. It'll be true at the end of history. So truth is something that, that transcends generations. Now how it's applied is another story. So today I have Gareth with me. Gareth works here at Silver Birch Ranch. How long have you been here?
1: I have been here probably about a year and a half now. Okay. And, and what is it you do here? I don't know.
0: Well, that's good. So (laughs) please please send your donations to Silver Birch Ranch to help Gareth do his job, which he doesn't know what it is.
1: No, I am the uh, shop manager here at Silver Birch. Um, So I manage the fleet, Um, any piece of equipment, engine. um, Pretty much anything that moves. Or doesn't move because I work on paintball guns now, too. There you go. Yeah, anything that's got parts that need to
0: be analyzed. You know, I think mechanics and farmers, they have a lot in common. They have to analyze everything and take care of everything, and, and they have to be able to do, like,
1: everything. A little bit, yeah. So, um, I mean, with a house, if you have a plumbing issue, you call a plumber. Or an electrical issue, you call an electrician. When it comes to a car, no matter what,
0: you're calling a mechanic. Yeah, well, you know what, though? I find that mechanics make pretty good plumbers sometimes. Well, you know, everything flows uh, down. Analyze. Well, and you analyze things and you put yeah. it together. You say this doesn't work and you know, now you're you're not out there preaching all the time.
1: Uh, no, I'm not that type of person. I kinda like staying in the background. Yeah, you're slinging a
0: wrench and doing what you need to do and making sure things operate. Mm-hmm. Uh and yet that's a ministry. That isn't that isn't you know, preaching. That's not telling people necessarily about Jesus every day. Right. So, are you comfortable with the fact that you're in a ministry, but you're not preaching?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, my ministry and my my job here is to make sure that people aren't distracted by the fact that a vehicle doesn't run, or, hey, the van broke down on the way to paintball, or this didn't happen because this was gross, or whatever. Right. Anything vehicle-related, my job is to make sure that's not a distraction from them, hearing about Christ or focusing on what happened during their stay here. Right.
0: Well, you know, I appreciate your your talents and your gifts, and you know you've been around long enough to know that, you know, we really believe in, the, in God gifting the body in mm-hmm. different ways, and we really want the body to function like the body. Mm-hmm. Your job is to make sure that all that stuff over in the shop works right. right. And when something breaks, it usually gets taken over there. I've brought tether balls over here. <laughs> so we we've we've brainstormed on tether balls trying to make sure that they they can last longer than a day when the campers are up here. So uh Gareth is, is a key peg in trying to keep us running smoothly without distractions, so that we can just enjoy the kids that come onto our grounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's thousands of them a year. And the vehicles, oh, my goodness. Camps are notorious for old vehicles. Do we have old vehicles?
1: Um. Yes. In yes. short answer, yes. We get the donations from people. It's like, oh, hey, this is broken down and it's yeah, got so- some life left in it camp must want
0: it yeah so why don't you take it and right. you have to deal with it
1: and right. we go thank you very much we'll make this work
0: in fact it was so bad years ago and, and they probably still do it they used to have these contests on camp truck how bad can your truck look <laughs> where they would take pictures of bad camp trucks and they would you know the national organization would post them yeah so that we could all look at how bad the trucks were at other camps
1: there was a there was a 3CA conference out in Colorado the one year, and it was at this very prestigious hotel that is used to, you know, having very nice cars come through it and very well, you know, established people. Well, they did the national 3CA, 3CA conference there, and camp van after camp van were getting lined up and valeted. <laughs> oh, man, the the staff there, just the, their faces was hilarious. Yeah. Like, can you
0: imagine if the maintenance guys showed up in the camp trucks? Oh yeah, let's yeah, show, let's uh,
1: throw Dan's <laughs>
0: truck up through there. Yeah, well, Dan's truck is interesting. We we've told him before that maybe it's time for a different one. But, I have been trying, but he keeps that old truck. He just really <laughs> likes it. So, you know that it's it's funny. You, you talk about those things, but in 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 reality, um, of how many moving vehicles? How many vehicles do we even have? We have boats, mm-hmm. and we have golf carts and we have gator kind of things and we have we have you know uh things to work in maintenance like skid steers and
1: yeah i want to guess that we probably have around 100 things with engines yeah um that are all maintained and recorded yeah
0: well you know if you're listening and you're mechanical in your mind there's ministry opportunities all the time for you Mm -hmm. Uh, in places like you know there's probably a thousand christian camps or more across the country And they all have vehicles that need to work and and be safe. Um, We take volunteers up here. If you're skilled at something and and you can help, whether it be carpentry or mechanical or whatever, you let us know. We can look at some projects and you can take one and, and maybe work on it for us and uh that's kind of fun to to use your skills that way you know how old are you gareth i am 24. okay so we have a an age gap here i'm in my <laughs> mid, i'm pushing 70s and, and he's 24 well i'm in late six not late 60s mid 60s and uh and so we have a different perspective in life your generation <laughs> is a generation that seems um lost to me in many ways and, yeah. uh, and i'll tell you why uh my my vision is I look at someone in your age bracket, and I ask them what they see the future to be, and they go blank. Mm-hmm. And can you explain when I ask you what, what does the future look like? What what do you what do you think?
1: Yeah, I when I hear that I go well. Well, I can't control it, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think a lot of that comes from, I mean, the way my generation grew up. I mean, let's look at the the events that have transpired in the last 10, 15 years. You had a lot of these kids um, growing up with nine eleven, So that's a huge thing that impacts them. One of the biggest financial recessions in right. the U.S. history. Um, the one we're in now or the one we already went through? We've had multiple. <laughs> okay. Very um, good. And then going through now with this whole pandemic thing um, where we're saying like, oh, our adult years are, you know, the beginning of our adult years, are thrown into staying in the house, hiding from everyone. So as my generation, we're a little pessimistic, I would say, where it's like, well, whatever happens, happens. We can't control it, so we'll see. Yeah. You
0: know, it's interesting when you you talk about that. I try and figure out, okay, what, what is it, when I teach the Bible, what can I teach to help your generation become what they should be? And I always mm-hmm. go back to the simple truths. Obviously, I mean there is a God.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so you
0: start there. There, there is a God, and mm-hmm. and I'm not Him, and you're not Him, and then we start going from there. And once that's established, we can go forward. But I'm wondering, in the same respect, how how do you think? Um, you know, your generation is really connected through media mm-hmm. in a, in a lot of different ways. So many ways that when somebody starts talking to me, I have no idea what they're talking about because of the various ways that. They can connect, you mm-hmm. know, online. Uh, I'm I'm familiar with Facebook, obviously, and and that's about as my depth. That's about where I go. Yeah, uh, or maybe LinkedIn or something like that. <laughs> but the bottom line, really, is there are so many instant communication ways in mm-hmm. the world. So many ways to gather news. So many ways to gather information. Um, is is that
1: bothersome or or is that healthy? Well, just like anything it's moderation um i wouldn't say i'm the most up to date with all the social media lingo and whatnot um but it's a blessing and a curse i mean it's wonderful even as a ministry opportunity to be able to reach people like this across the world however if you're so focused on just your influence on the world that's when it becomes harmful okay
0: now it, y- your generation is the they look at all this stuff. They take in all this information. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of depression. Mm-hmm. I have never in my in my life in in the ministry here seen as many people tell me that they are suffering from anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm.
1: W- why? I don't know. I I and I just talked with like when I um, once a year I'll do kind of a message with the summer staff and the last okay. one I did was with was about kind of mental health depression and that stuff because it's something that doesn't get talked about much okay um and the from what I understand and what I've seen is growing up like Christians don't want to talk about that much because we as Christians are supposed to have it all together and okay. at least from what I've seen growing up we're supposed to be kind of those perfect people and sure. we're definitely not Right. Um, So all these issues of anxiety and depression kind of got swept under the rug. Right. I mean, for me growing up, it was, oh, you'll be fine. Suck it up. Yeah. Rub some dirt in it. Cry into your pillow. Right. <laughs> right. So it, yeah, I, when it comes to other people, I don't want to say, because I don't, because I, I don't know other people. Okay. Well, let me, let yeah. me,
0: let me question you on some things. What, as you take care of vehicles. hmm are there problems that happen in a normal human vehicle who neglect, like, oil changes and neglect things on their car?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, for example, like you said, oil changes. When you neglect them, um, oil breaks down. It causes excessive wear. Um, you let it go too far, you're going to destroy an engine. So, So, question for you. How much
0: of your job is secure because other people neglect what they shouldn't be
1: neglecting? I'm still here, aren't I? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, It's quite a, uh, I think it's gotten pretty, pretty good um, to where, I mean, I think I've tried to explain to people that like, hey, if things happen, tell us. Um, I've really tried to be the type of person where I can be approachable when it comes to that kind of stuff. So people feel comfortable saying that kind of stuff.
0: Okay. Now, if, if if I'm on a vehicle and it starts to make a funny sound, mm-hmm. I can ignore that. You shouldn't, no. But I shouldn't. Right. See, what I have found from talking to you, from talking to doctors even, mm-hmm. when people come in and say, this doesn't work on my body, whatever it is, most of the time it seems like, well, why haven't you been maintaining that? Right. You know, it's it's one thing to never change your oil. Mm-hmm. Do you know you should? You know, now, years ago, I used to know the rules for your transmission oil and all that kind of stuff. But now, mm-hmm. you know, I look in my manuals and it's like things have changed. So I have, oh, yeah. no, I have no idea what I'm supposed <laughs> to do. Uh, but the bottom line really is, you know, there's some things. That if you're never going to check your windshield fluid and, and it's going to get ugly outside and you're going to need it, mm-hmm. don't blame the car. Right. You didn't check the fluid. You didn't check the oil. You didn't check the levels. I know on the signs on on our vehicles here it says if you fuel the vehicle, check the oil. Right. So when people don't check the oil, see that's negligent. Mm -hmm. When that happens, there could be a disaster that could have been avoided because you weren't watching the warning signals. Right. That's really how I see your generation and why there's so much skepticism and so much uh, anger at one another and so much detachment from the world because they you look at it and you go okay there's been little things that, that have been neglected for years mm-hmm. and and now we're starting to pay the price for it right and and so the, how do you switch it back to where it's not neglected anymore after it's been neglected so someone comes to you with a car they haven't changed the oil ever mm-hmm. the engine is Show, what happens when you don't change oil what, what will the engine be doing
1: um probably blown <laughs> you know your that'd... oil will break down um and that's what kind of gives a protective layer between the different metal parts moving against each other so if that breaks down now you have metal rubbing on metal you're sending um shrapnel through the engine it's causing more so wear. what so
0: you need to do some major repairs there
1: oh yeah you're thousands of dollars if you're engine
0: goes but beyond that you also need to train the person who's driving it mm-hmm. for the future right okay that that's exactly what we have to do in life mm-hmm. we have to identify the problem yeah we have to take the problem to somewhere to someone who knows how to fix it right we have to start listening to them about how not to cause it again mhm and then once it gets fixed we need to live with the maintenance in mind right Okay now now there that is a tremendous amount of spiritual truth in what we just said there
1: mm-hmm. and it
0: happens to be illustrated in a, in a tractor or <laughs> or a or a car. Right. Um but I think that that's exactly it. I love taking a young person and talking to them about how God has made things in a very specific way. Oh yeah. You know, for example, I have a, a pen in my hand. Mm-hmm. And the pen in my hand was obviously designed. It was obviously manufactured and it obviously has a purpose. Right. Now, if you were to come to me and say, I don't think so, I don't think that was designed or manufactured and it has no purpose, I would look at you and go, you are really foolish. <laughs> now, you're not allowed to say that in our culture today.
1: No. As they say, you'll get canceled now.
0: Yeah. But it. do you really think if somebody looked at a pen and thought it has no manufacturer, it has no designer, and it has no purpose, that
1: they're not foolish? Right. And even going a step further, as saying... Well, maybe I think that's a ruler. Yeah. Maybe it thinks it's a ruler. Yeah, okay. There we go. Right.
0: Now we have an issue.
1: Yeah. Now Which we now, may get canceled for saying all this. We,
0: well, <laughs> the bottom line really is, so then you look at it and you go, and I'm the one that should be quiet mm-hmm. when I'm recognizing what is
1: really out there? Right. And it's all, in my opinion, like, if you're believing that that is not a pen, even though it is clearly a pen. Out of love, because I, you know, I, I care about you. I want you to succeed. I want you to know, hey. I can disagree with you, but that is really what it is. Yeah.
0: Well, not only that. If I told you, you know, you know, Gareth, I am going to use this, and and I'm going to use this for a canoe paddle. Good luck. Well that's one of two responses. Yeah. I and mean, you could say, I'll go down and film it mm-hmm. so I have a little comedy to watch later. Or you can say, you know, Dave, um, that's not a good idea. Right. Because that's not what that is. Now, I can look at you and say, it's my pen. I can use it like I like. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But just so you know, that's really not made to be a panel. Right. Now, when we look at our culture today, and we see people that are saying, "I'm non-binary." I'm, I'm, I'm women saying, "I'm men. Men saying, I'm... "I look at it and go, wait a minute, that's not the way you were designed." Right. And you wonder then why there's anxiety. Nobody's saying anything. You right. can't say that this is
1: not right. Mm-hmm. But it's not right. And there have been studies uh, showing that, like one of the highest areas of depression and, uh, like, um anxiety and stuff, comes from people who identify that or even go through the surgeries with that. There are plenty of testimonies and studies showing all the regrets that have been had um, and the depression that comes from that, realizing, hey, maybe I made a mistake. Right.
0: Well, I'm, I'm even thinking of the people who say nothing, the children that are watching it. Right. Now, they're totally confused. Oh, yeah. Why is it that nobody's saying that this is a pen? Why is it? That you're not allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what happens in a society that is actually totally confused. We, we, the, the basic elements of life are not being discussed anymore. The basic ideas of truth are being lost. And then we're wondering why people are depressed and anxious.
1: Right. And in a society where people are fighting so hard to be unique with all these different identities and whatnot, What it's ending up creating is a bunch of the same people because it's like, if you don't agree with me or believe the same thing I do, get out of here. Right. Like, you will be, you know, crucified for that. Right. And in doing so, you're, you're completely null and voiding that uniqueness and just making, you know, the same person over and over again. And we as Christians are meant to stand out and be different, um, in our thinking. And Christ flat out says, it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be comfortable.
0: Right. You know, here's again, my, my old mind starts to work and say, okay, what, what caused us to get to this problem? Because it's a problem when I can't look at somebody and say, it's obvious that you don't get the way you're actually made. Mm -hmm. So that's a problem. Right. You know, it's kind of like, some of it comes from the advertising that's done by sports people. Sports, yeah. pe- sports people get up and say you can do anything you want if you put your mind to it. It's like no, you can't. If Sorry, no. <laughs> if you're a four foot, you know, um, three hundred pound young man, you're yeah. probably not going to stuff a basketball. You, you can, know, you yeah, know. you
1: won't be very good at it. You made a no. step ladder or two.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm just saying I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm right. saying, you know, when I when I was an athlete in college, the people that went professional, they were a very unique group of people oh yeah they were skilled beyond anything i could imagine and i and i got some awards in college for playing but i wasn't even close to their level right so if somebody would have come to me and said well you can be anything you want i'd go not that why well, not quite. not i am not skilled at that level right now they could say well you could be if you wanted to no my position people are 100 pounds more than me at least mm-hmm they, they have much more muscle mass than I do. They can run faster. They can jump higher. Well, you can work on that. I understand I can work on it, but I, there's a certain natural ability that right. some people have. Now, for me to tell a young person you can be anything you want, when they can't become something, now all of a sudden they're saying, well, then that's my problem, and mm-hmm. I shouldn't have any problems. No, the, the truth is, here's, here's the fun part. God taught us that we're a body. Mm-hmm. So, so there's knees and there's elbows and there's wrists and there's, there's mechanics like you yeah. and there's guys like me that love to do radio and teach and okay, that's the body. Yeah. We, what we do best is recognize what is. Right. Not say, I don't like what is, so I, I'm an elbow, but I want to be a toe.
1: Well, you make a bad toe. Mm-hmm. Well, and like you were saying, I think ye- yesterday during the devotion, you get more done by focusing and building on your strengths than you do your weaknesses. Absolutely. You know, like you were saying with Dan, like, I can do the job, but we're going to lose all the efficiency that comes with it. Right. I can try to be a football player or a basketball star, but we're going to lose all the pro- productivity yeah. that comes with it.
0: And most likely I'm not going to be it because I don't have the physical qualities that are necessary. I right. remember years ago that the NFL went on strike, and I happened to be walking around Green Bay with my kids and walking around, Lambeau area, mm-hmm. and and they were there. There were representatives outside of Lambeau Field because the teams were on strike. And I went and I offered to sign up and play for them because I played in college. <laughs> and the and the guy looked at me and goes, "So what did you play?" And I told him, and they said, "And what's your height and weight?" I said, "Well, I am a six foot two and two hundred pounds." And you're a defensive lineman, yes. Not For very long. How, how fast were you? <laughs> well, I could do the forty and in, in and five zero flat, man. It's like, well, you're too slow, and you're too small. Mm -hmm. And they went through this list of I'm too, and they said, thanks for inquiring.
1: (laughs) It's like, wait, but I can do anything.
0: Yeah, but you don't understand. You just gotta give me the chance. Right, I can be a lineman. No, you can't. Coach, you're way too slow for being a cornerback or a linebacker. Mm -hmm. You're way too small to be a lineman. You know, I mean, bottom line is you're not built for it. Right. Now, all the time, the NFL, any real sports team, they're telling people that. Yeah. You didn't make it. You made it, you didn't make it. And they get away with it. Yeah. Well, because that's the way life really is. Mm-hmm. When when you are a young person, one of the things you're going to struggle with is you want truth
1: to line up with your feelings, but they don't always line up. Right. Um and it hurts when it doesn't. There I saw a study that was done um by some psychologists where they went to um, some retirement homes and some older folks' homes and would argue or try to disagree with um, core things that these older people felt while they were hooked up to different brain machines and whatnot. And what they found was when you challenge someone's core belief that's hardwired into their brain, it can sometimes cause physical pain. That's why people get so up in arms about things that, you know they've believed their whole life and you decide to try to challenge that or flip it on its head right you know
0: it's really weird to me because feelings have become something that uh, or emotions whatever it is drive our culture mm-hmm. rather than truth right and and so what happens is is if truth starts to challenge your feeling then, then the person who's doing that is insensitive and not carrying that kind of thing. It's like, wait a right. minute, you just got feelings out of the whack here because that's not how they're supposed to work. Mm-hmm.
1: And a big thing I've heard common is um, instead of people saying just truth as it is, using it as a singular term, it's your truth or right. that's my truth. Yeah. Where it's more of truth has been molded into more of an opinion or an, a subjective um, term rather than an objective term. Yeah,
0: and... What's interesting, again, is if you're going to try and make truth fit your feelings, mm-hmm. then it's your feelings that you're actually subjugated to. That it's right. not truth. And and if there is truth, and there is, there is, there's there's male, there's female, mm-hmm. there's day, there's night, there's water, and there's land. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You go through life and you go, there's, there's truth here. Right. And you need to respond to the truth or you're not going to fit in very well and it's going to be a mess. You can say, well... My, I feel like I should be living in water. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to survive in water. you got to breathe. Right. Because cause you're not made to live underwater. You're also not made to live on the moon.
1: You're, mm-hmm. you're
0: not made to do that. If we send someone to the moon, we have to make all these provisions. Right. There's a million-dollar spacesuit they're sitting in. Yeah, because they're not made to. Right. So So we have to adjust to the fact that they're made a certain way. And you would be much healthier as an individual if you would adjust to the fact that you were made a certain way. You right. were made in the image of God. And you were made mm-hmm. a certain way. You were made male. You were made female. And part of the issue that we're never really dealing with is the idea that we think that different is bad. Right. When different is actually good. Mm-hmm. So when we look and say we want all things to be the same. No, you don't. Right. There would be like always having only vanilla ice cream. You know, I mean,
1: I thought your generation really liked vanilla. I, ice
0: cream. I, I love vanilla, ice cream. <laughs> but every once in a while, I like to go wild and have a little mint in it, you know, or so you throw or, that uh or chocolate or up. throw a cherry in there or something, you know, or buttered pecan or something. But <laughs> the the bottom line really is variety, and to have everything the same, first of all, is impossible, right? And for anyone to claim, I want the same. The, the, They don't. They actually are saying, I want to be better than somebody else. I want to have more than somebody else. Mm -hmm. Not the same. Because whenever you're the same as somebody else, immediately you're trying to put differences in your head to put you ahead of them. Right. It's that
1: equity versus equality
0: argument. Yeah. So I think as you look at life, you say, okay, first of all, I need to know where truth is. Because every time uh, a generation has been in trouble, Mm -hmm. it's been where each man does what's right in their own eyes. Right. So I need to know where truth is. I need to at least have a practice of getting my feelings aligned with truth, mm-hmm. not having truth adjust to my feelings. Right. And that may be the harder of the two because what we've done is if we we've made it impossible for people to speak the truth and still be loving. That's a struggle, yep. Yep. So we're going to have to talk about that in the next part of the program. Mm-hmm. I, once again, I'm Dave Wager here. I'm with Gareth, and this is a program called Younger Older. And really, what we want you to understand is that God loves you. He made you special. He didn't make a mistake. He made you in order for you to live an abundant life. He sent his son, Jesus, to this earth so that you could have life now and that you wouldn't fear death and you would have life for eternity with him. And if you don't know who he is, I invite you to continue to go to younger, older programs in the past, download them, take a listen to it, because we would love for you to know God's love and respond to his love in Jesus Christ dying on the cross for you. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silverberg Trance on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Goodbye for now.